All right, so anyway, we are live, as I've mentioned, here in sunny Camp Education Studios. And of course, as is the custom with our show, we're going to start off immediately. We want you to uh, walk away from this having learned at least something. So, Shay, I have been getting a, 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 an unbelievable amount of shit for having the same astrological sign as fucking Trump. You know, I'm a Gemini, he's a Gemini. Mm -hmm. Everyone just wants to keep ramming that down my throat. So I know you're a Taurus, and, and I thought it would be fun if you could just tell us what's Hitler's astrological sign. Fuck you, Ian. Fuck you in your fucking face. <laughs> That's what. That's right. He, yes, Shay, correct. He was also a Taurus. Mm. And with that on the books, let's go ahead and start the show! <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Camp Re-Education, an immersive boot camp into the world we thought we knew. We are your hosts, Ian and Shay, concluding our beautiful two-week immersion into the world of astrology. Hello guests, friends, newcomers, welcome all. Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, we have a really fucking great episode for you today. I, I cannot express in words how excited I am. I'll try. I'll fail. <laughs> You'll be there for the whole thing. Um, dude, we've got some amazing guests this episode. I, I, I was besides myself that we were able to speak with uh, first and foremost. Uh, are we going to introduce them or are we going to have them introduce themselves? Well, I think we can go ahead and introduce them. But before we do, I also want to mention that we also have one of our absolute favorite artists right now as this week's featured artist. So please make sure you listen to the end. We have none other than On Planets with one of our favorite songs by them. But of course, our experts as well, we have the man who needs no introduction, the amazing Chris Brennan, who uh, who comes from the astrology podcast fame. He's a, a heavy hitter in the world of astrology. And we were so lucky. We actually did a crossover episode with him. So um, everything that you're going to hear from him today, you can also hear the full version on his podcast. Podcast. As for the others, I guess we can go ahead and uh, let them introduce themselves right now. So my name is Ashley Flores. I'm a YouTuber, self-taught astrologer, author of Mindfulness Through the Stars, which is like a zodiac wellness guide pretty much. And everything I pretty much know is self-taught and I share all of my knowledge on the internet, really. Thank you both so much for having me. My name is Stephanie Capone and I am an astrologer and tarot reader here in Brooklyn. And I write the monthly horoscopes for Dame Products. So they are a sex toy company essentially. And so the horoscopes that I write every month have an intimacy and uh, love and sex base to them. Well, I couldn't have put it better myself, so I didn't. Uh, full disclosure, for anybody's tuning in for this episode, um, we did not cover a wider range of things. There were, which is a fucking weird way to start an episode, but whatever, <laughs> here it is. There was just too much we wanted to discuss. Uh, I mean, we wanted to talk about the significance of astronomical phenomena, like astrology and politics, uh, astrological ethics and morality. Shay, I've said three things. You say a couple more. Here's some. Get uh, in there. <laughs> talking about getting in there, relationships and sex, astro uh, astrology's relationship to religion and spirituality. Are you there, the stars? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> but we just- Are you feeling this? Are you feeling the way that I'm like totally doing this to you? Nope. But <laughs> but we couldn't fit all of those things that we wanted to fit into the episode in. So I bet you couldn't, you big boy. 
Nice. Uh, so I have to stop. I'm no, going to. Yeah, no one's ever said that to me before, so it's nice to hear it at least once. But regardless, uh, we only fit in some of the most thought-provoking ideas today. And there's still a ton. Like We have so much for you in store. It's hard when we have three amazing experts just to boil it down. So um, if you do want to hear the full interviews in their entirety, of course, you can always become a Patreon subscriber. And as we mentioned a moment ago, the full interview with Chris Brennan is going to be available on his podcast as well. So there's so much in store. Like if you want to hear it, like please just go and listen to all of it. It's also worth mentioning too that like if you are, if you do want to learn more about astrology, I, I think there's a fair amount to learn today. But we absolutely focused more on like the cultural aspect because I mean there, it. When you take into account 4,000 years of math and astrolobes, there's just no way that we as uh, amateurs could boil it down. So each one of our guests would be an amazing resource if you want to learn more about the intricacies of astrology and its like potential impact on your life. So you can find links to their channels in today's episode description. And uh, if this is something you're interested in, we recommend you check all of our guests out there, like incredibly knowledgeable. They're super interesting to listen to. So uh, we can't recommend that enough. Yeah, you should also be able to hear that. We're going to let them say that in their own words, some of their their accolades and uh, where you can find them. So make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode where they say it in their own words. But enough of that. So, Ian, this has been in a crazy final week for our immersion into astrology. Uh, it's been a really emotional week for me. I knew we came in super hot last week. I know we have. Oh a, my god, we have, went overkill. We do it. I mean, it's it's like such a parallel right now to demonolatry camp, where the mm -hmm. first, you know, the beginning of the camp before we talk to the experts, we're so cocky, and we live in this you and me <laughs> echo chamber. It's just like bouncing off of me to you to me to you, and it just gets louder and more obnoxious. But fortunately, we had some really intelligent people kind of knock us back onto course. But before we had that, Ian, what were some of the struggles you had this week? You know, I talked about this a little bit with Chris and that's like, you know, when we start these immersions, there's always that thing that you kind of, we set out to learn about a topic, but there's always this other thing that kind of uh, surfaces when we're learning about it. And for me, it's just like, Science, belief in science, like belief in the scientific method, it turns out makes up like a huge fundamental aspect of of my self concept. Like mm. it, like a lot of what I believe rests on this uh, belief that like science is tried and true. And with astrology, it's like I feel mm. like I I really had to like suspend that, and it's just like the you know. I made the joke with Chris that like, that's the Jenga block that you start to pull out and you're like, oh, like a lot of other stuff rests on this. Like right. I have to slide this one back in. So it was really kind of tough to, to, to find the right way to get that out so that I could explain you know, explore these concepts with, with a more open mind, because like, I'll be the first to admit the first week it was pretty closed off. And I was just mm -hmm. like, fuck this, fuck that. That's stupid. I don't believe this. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I felt the same way. And I remember like, even while doing my research, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm only looking up articles and research that supports the, my existing beliefs. So I think we did a good job, all things considered, trying to open up <laughs> our minds this week. Uh, but I, and I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think I've, I've had the same struggles where it's really hard to put aside your belief in the scientific method. And yeah. it, ma it makes me think, and I'll, you know, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but it makes me just think about, in general, how hard and immutable someone's beliefs can be. And I think that's like our entire... It's weird because that's kind of what our podcast is about generally is like setting aside biases and preconceptions. But there's like a slightly more developed idea version of that. And that's the idea of a belief. And I mean, that's why we're that's why we're struggling so much with today's episode. So um, I, we have so much in store for you. I know we could talk about this endlessly. So before we get into the meat and potatoes with our experts, let's go ahead and let our advertisers sell their meat and potatoes for you all right now. 
Today's episode brought to you by Meat and Potatoes. Have you still not tried Meat and Potatoes? Meat and Potatoes? What's that? I've just been over here eating lettuce and beans. Mom, can we have Meat and Potatoes? Meat and Potatoes, it's better than lettuce and beans. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Another fantastic ad from our sponsor. Thank you so much for supporting us. It's, it's supporters like the wonderful sponsor that you just heard that keeps our magnificent ship afloat and sailing so proudly in these open seas of ignorance. So, Ian, we have some amazing interviews today, as we've alluded to now over and over again. It's all we talk about, it seems like, these days. So I want to <laughs> jump right in. And uh, so our first, the, the first thing that we were really wrestling with in these interviews uh, was this idea of astrology as almost a counterpart to the study of psychology. And I think this was like, particularly for you, this seemed yeah. to be a little bit more contentious or maybe difficult to, to balance both at the same time. Why don't you walk, walk us through that a little bit? Um, thank you for that fantastic uh, gentlemanly setup, Shay. And I will <laughs> respond in full by doing a good job answering that question. I won't at all fuck it up. So here we go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of this just comes from like an affinity for like developmental psychology, like specifically probably the work of people like Eric Erickson, uh, Maslow, Adorno. Like I, I'm really interested in their theories and this, this idea, like especially um, Erickson's idea of like the the psychosocial crisis, this idea that like with every period of our life, we have like a fundamental crisis. And then uh, our personality is essentially the development of like the the ways, the numer the myriad of ways that we overcome these crises. So it's like essentially your personality arises uh, as a consequence of like how you respond to these like the particular crises of your life, depending on where you are uh, physically, uh, emotionally, uh, where you are in terms of like your place in history. Um, and, and like to me, that just makes like a lot of sense. It, it's like you can kind of see it, you can touch it, you can measure it. Um, and like this idea, like the fundamental idea of astrology that like your personality is something that you inherit um, when you're born, which is something I really had a difficult time uh, wrapping my mind around. Um, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because it, it deals a lot with this idea of like determinism as well, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, for, for me, it's, it's this idea that like, you know, you kind of come with, uh, with like a, a, it's almost like a set of instructions, basically. It's just like, all right, here's how you work. Uh, have fun figuring it out. And, and, and to me, there was something about that idea that like left a bad taste in my mouth. And it was, it was really hard for me to let go of, um, you know, these, these ideas that like I've kind of come to build my understanding of personality on. Right. Yeah. There, there's definitely a deterministic aspect to the the discovery of self in an astrological framework where yeah. it's uncovering something that already exists, like almost like how uh, and the fuck was Indiana Jones? <laughs> Uh, Indiana Jones was an archaeologist, almost like an archaeologist. Like you're you're dusting off, um, you know, the dirt to to discover what lies beneath. Yeah. And it's, it's he was also a hot piece of ass. Like I just that's an important distinction. Like he was a snack. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you, Ian, for that delicious commentary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so and I think that that feels it feels limiting, and it 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 kind of boxes us in. And we'll talk about that more in a sec, and more in a little bit. But 
it's interesting too because what we learned in in talking, especially to to Chris about this, is we learned that there's like this di- distinction between the kind of astrology that we're used to thinking about, especially us as lay people. Um, versus how professional astrologists think about this. And that's the distinction of pop astrology versus professional astrology. Yeah. And uh, I think that was a really interesting point for us because I think we're both familiar with the idea of pop psychology, but hearing that there's a pop astrology feature or aspect to astrology makes a lot of sense. And uh, I don't know, it, it also explains a lot of its recent emergence in our society. So I think we can, uh, let's go ahead and let Chris and Stephanie tell you a little bit more about it and some of the misconceptions and some of the emergence of pop astrology as we see it today. Think about when you were a little kid and you were learning things for the first time. What did you have? You had picture books. So a meme, especially like an astrology meme, you're learning something new. You're learning to speak a new language, but it's in very rudimentary imagery. So this is just first grade astrology. It's like elementary school book fair, but just in images because that's how we're learning now. Like that's the thing that everybody, I think, like not to fear astrology, like taking over, but it's a new language that people are learning that I think is just helping process psychology and an understanding of the world and how we fit into it. And then it had this revival in in the 20th century, starting especially in the uh, 1940s when newspapers and other magazines started running sun sign columns based on the premise that the sign of the zodiac that your son was located in at the moment of birth had something to say about your character and and things like that and your future Um, and that was like a revival of astrology that got more and more popular because it's easy to calculate that all you need to know is your birth date you don't have to know your birth time or the birth location or, or where any of the other planets are you're just looking at one piece of your birth chart um so that's how astrology got repopularized and that's what most people think astrology is they tend to think that that's all there is to astrology is just that and therefore it's easy then to form different um misconceptions or come to different conclusions about it just based on that which is something that's common that everybody does whether they're fans of astrology who are like using it or, or misusing it in that way with like dating for example by saying they wouldn't date any Sagittarius or whether it's you know a lot of skeptics that you run into a lot of the basic skeptic questions that they formulate are based on the premise that sun sign astrology is the entirety of astrology not being aware that it's it's this much larger field that's more complicated really brought to the fore like my understanding of of how frustrating it must feel to be someone like Stephanie and to be someone like Chris who have like made astrology uh, their work and it's just like the general conception of like what you do of your livelihood of of your craft is like the dumbed down kindergarten version of it like when I was a teacher uh, you know I uh, an example of this is when I used to teach abroad and like I was fortunate enough to be able to teach it like literature academies um, in in a multitude of different countries. And then people would be like, oh, so like you're an ESL teacher. Like you tell the kids how to pronounce like fucking apple and banana and orange. It's like, that's not what I do at all. And -hmm. it was like really fucking frustrating. And it it does have like an impact on, um, 
I, it's just, it's just, it's a shitty feeling. Right. There's no fucking impact. The impact is that it feels like shit. Um, well, there's like that meme about that too. And I think it exists in all fields, right? It's like what, what the media thinks we do, what our parents think we do, what we think we do, <laughs> and then what we really do, right? Like that, that classic meme. And I think that they, they have a, a, a uniquely tough time with that because if you're a skeptic, you think that it's like either a load of horseshit or that they're con men. Yes, very much so. And I mean, like the same goes, the same goes for, for, for me and like my own, you know, rudimentary interest and understanding in like psychology, the idea of, uh, of like pop psychology, right? Like fucking Dr. Phil or whatever. Like right. you go on TV and you're like, and how does that make you feel? Or even the fucking New Yorker cartoon, right? Where it's just like, you know, the, the doctor is a duck and he's playing Tetris and like the patient's on the couch be like, I had another dream where I drove into a swimming pool full of my mother. And uh, everyone, <laughs> yeah, that face is uh, saying a lot about the nonsense that's coming out of my mouth right now. Wait, is this a real cartoon or is this like a cartoon that you're just making up? No, no, no. That is just, uh, you know, a lot of things I slap together and, uh, off the dome. you know, very Freudian, <laughs> very rich in analysis. A oh. lot of people would be like, let's unpack that. Let's not. Let's box it up and throw it in the ocean. At least for now. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready <laughs> to see where that came from entirely. No, but I, I, I do love this the, this idea, too, of like the, uh, the, the simplified worldview, because I think that like a lot of our understanding of what's going on culturally is mimetic. I mean, like we probably have a, a, a mimetic understanding of, of most things in society, including the stock market, including foreign policy. So I, I don't think it's uncommon for us to have an, a mimetic understanding of how things work. And I think that what I encountered is like, that's even true of my understanding of science and like the idea of falsifiability where it's like, yeah, okay, I get it innately. But if you would ask me to explain it, I'll be like, it's when everything is right, no matter what the circumstance. Uh, gold star, please? Yeah, separating ourselves from the scientific aspect has like repeatedly been challenging for me, at least. And, and I, you know, I even worry like somewhat to the degree that like these types of character analyses that you can get from astrology can be somewhat problematic. And I think we alluded to this a little bit in the first episode, or maybe, you know, screamed it at some points. I'm sure we did, but it's still worries me a little bit that there, there could be some aspects of astrology that are somewhat detrimental to the population at large. And one of these specific questions I had was the idea of stereotyping, because effectively you are putting people in at first, if you're talking just sun signs, you're putting people in one of 12 boxes. And, and, and it's it's just to kind of rehash on like what Stephanie had talked about too, with regards to her like mimetic understanding of astrology, it, it's, an, it's a mimetic understanding or like, like my kind of, uh, you know, impulse against it was that it's a mimetic understanding of like, you know, personhood or self concepts or, or just the self in general. Right, it's a, it's, a, it's a caricature. Is that like kind of what you mean by that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so we end up seeing, and I'm like, who wants to be that? Who wants to be like an exaggerated version of something? Like I, you know, I'm a Taurus, as as Ian pointed out, just like Hitler, no big deal, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I want you to introduce yourself like that at parties. Yeah, my name is Shay, I'm a Taurus, just like Hitler. And just have people be like, I'm sorry, what? I, you know, if, if I know every other like terrible sign, if they're like a Libra, I'll be like, oh, just like Mussolini. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new party trick. I'm so glad we have this at our disposal. Now. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to start doing that. Regardless, like no one wants to be a caricature of like a personality type, no matter what. And you know, we see this with like other personality um, indexes, like even the Myers-Briggs, you know, can uh, in some ways like limit people and box them in. At least that's how I feel about it. But, but so the MBTI. 
Yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> so uh, no, I want you to say "fuck it" with me. Come on, fuck the MBTI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> louder for everyone in the back. Fuck the MBTI. <laughs> Am I done now? Can I stop? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, one of one of the other big concerns that we had going into this was uh, this idea of not wanting to be boxed in like that. This, like as Shay had alluded to before, I rudely interrupted him and, and stole his thunder. Yep. But they each kind of had their own answer to this question about uh, our desire to not be kind of boxed in by, I, I guess, like a, an astrological conception of of personality and the self so here's what they all had to say i have to put myself in check sometimes because i tend to have like a preconceived notion of someone's personality who they are before i meet them for example i don't like leos i mean there's great leo my mom's a leo there's great leos out there but i don't like them so if i'm clicking with someone and then they tell me they're a leo suddenly i start noticing all the unfavorable traits about leos and in them and I start thinking like oh damn they really are a typical Leo and like that can turn me off and I just have to like ground myself and be like it's it's just astrology like don't focus on that or even when I used to um, date now I have a boyfriend but when I used to like date sometimes I would know their sign before like going on a second date and I'm like thinking about what they are gonna do what they're thinking how to like impress them and I was like this is like kind of unhealthy <laughs> My hope is that the intention when they ask you for your sign is not to stereotype you, but again, we kind of talked about this earlier, but to understand you better. And so if they knew that, you know, they knew you were a Virgo, they would be like, oh, okay, well, I understand like this person is an earth sign, but they're, you know, they're also ruled by Mercury. So they have like an active mind, blah, 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 or like whatever it is that they could like communicate with you better. But that's why I ask people, because I just want to know, I just want to know you so I can understand you. Professional astrologers are people that dedicate their lives to studying the subject and trying to figure it out and trying to do their best job, being conscientious about learning how to apply it, strive to form a balance between taking into account whatever presuppositions they have based on the astrology when it comes to people in general or making statements or let's say interacting with individuals one-on-one -on -one and balancing that with um you know approaching people as people and putting astrology aside and letting the actions of people inform you about their character and what the nature of your relationship is going to be like with them and um, finding a balance between those two things, I think, is something that, that most people are actually into astrology strive to do and do a relatively good job of balancing. Um, it's just people that are, are new to the subject or have a very shallow understanding that often tend to think that that it should be used to just like categorize or to like reject somebody like if somebody's using it for dating or something like that and was like rejecting somebody because they don't like x sign or something like that um i don't think that's something that you would find most astrologers doing necessarily Yeah, so we heard three pretty different ideas about the, the stereotyping that can or cannot exist in astrology. And uh, just in, ca in case anyone was curious, I realized that we're not saying their names, but it's it was uh, uh, Ashley first, then Stephanie, then Chris. And, you know, I feel like 
Something about Ashley's answer where she's like, yeah, I do this. I think like if I really believed in astrology, like I would really struggle to not put everyone immediately in this box. Like, why would you not? If you have this framework that you you believe fundamentally explains and gives you an advantage, why would you not use that? And I I think of like my friends who are therapists and like, I know that probably on some level they're, they're micro diagnosing, you know, every person they come into contact with and they say, oh, this person's probably, you know, uh, had this type of trauma or has this small amount of narcissism or like sociopathy or psychopathy or, you know, whatever weird pathology, you know, um, someone might want to give someone. But I think it must be rampant. I assume it has to be. And so what I think you hear Chris say, on the other hand, is a more maybe uh, seasoned and like expert attempt to try and give that a, a very limited context. And you hear from Stephanie as well, but it's, it's, it seems hard and it almost seems more of an ideal than I believe it probably is a practice. And this is what was so interesting. And this is why I kept asking every single one of our experts, like, what is the relationship between astrology and psychology? Like, how much credence do you give one to the other? If you're interested in astrology, like, why not also, you know, like, I don't know, minor in psychology or, or something like that, or, or, or pull that into your analysis. analysis. And um, it, it's funny, too, because it, Chris's answer reminds me almost of, the, like, it's the same approach you would take if you were even considering somebody's socioeconomic background. If you right. were considering, like, where it is that they grew up, like, you can make a lot of safe assumptions. Like, if I meet somebody who's from... Uh, you know, like the Middle East, I could be like, okay, like I, I, this person will probably need to eat like, a, oh God, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Uh, okay. Based on my understanding of uh, what was li- what life was like for me when I lived in Lebanon, like I would need to make sure that they were eating like halal food or something like that, you know? So there are certain assumptions that you may be able to like um, make to help like bridge a gap or like uh, build a divide. So, I mean, like I, I have a question for you, Shay, that may come kind of come out of left field. Cause like, I'm, I'm sick of thinking this in strictly like negative frame. Right. So like, let's say like the, uh, personality determinism that we find inherent in like natal astrology is the term that we learned. What are the, what are the pros of that? Do you think? What are the pros? Of- what are the, what are the pros of, of, of learning something like, learning about the signs, meeting someone of that sign, and then being like, okay, like now I have a, f- a framework, like, you know, quote unquote accuracy, if, if I'm suspending disbelief, quote unquote accuracy, notwithstanding, what do you think the, the benefits of that would be? Well, I think like I kind of mentioned it a minute ago. It's like, it's, it's, it's a tool in your toolbox. Like we all put people in boxes all the time and that's, that's necessary. Like, and I, you know, I talk about this sometimes and even from like a linguistic perspective, a word is a, a confined concept. So by even naming something at all, you're putting it in the box of a word. And that's powerful for us. We need that. We use that. That's how we make sense of the world. We break. And then what we, we use these smaller words to make bigger words make sense. Like when we talk about the concept, like abstract concepts, like honesty, like you have to break that down often metaphorically into other words that you can understand a little bit more tangibly. Like even like say like, oh, I hear what you're saying. No, you don't hear anything. You understand, which is an abstract concept that we use a very physical and tangible thing to say. All of this to say, breaking it down into a box that we can put someone in to help us better understand that person and make decisions going forward. So it's useful. I get, I get that aspect of it. And I would, like, like I said before, like I would do that. If I, if I really believed in astrology, of course, why would I not use the science, air quotes, of astrology 
to help me inform my opinion of other people if I really believe that it exists. The same way that I would use like, oh, like you, like you mentioned, like, oh, you're from this socioeconomic class or you're from this region in the country or like, oh, you're a white, white, uh, you're a white, white, white. you're a white, white <laughs> That's guy. That's so funny. You're a white dude just like you're me. You're extra white. <laughs> you're a white suburban Florida dude just like me. Like <laughs> I, I can probably guess a lot about you with stunning accuracy just because of life experience. Like why would I not do that with astrology? I do this, I do this with guys that wear certain hats. I'd be like, this guy wants to talk about sports. And I'd be like, can you believe this sports team that did the thing successfully? Like, and they'd be like, yeah, bro, totally. And it's just like, then we end up having like a super, a, a very superficial conversation. And I do wonder if like that may be the case for, uh, you know, people who subscribe to astrology. But at the same time, mm. it's like, Taking into account what Stephanie said, um, it, it, the attempt to understand you better. I, I will say this about the the like th this belief in astrological signs as being inherent of, of certain traits. And I said this in, in part one, and I still kind of stand by it, it, is like these are traits that we find present in all of us. And I like what you said about the idea of like the toolbox, like this idea of like, if I know this about you from like this sign or whatever, like I know that you have like an active mind, uh, regardless of, of whether you're a Scorpio, a Taurus or, or, or a Gemini, I think that's a quality you're going to find in, in uh, an interesting person or just someone that you're going to have like a good relationship and conversation with. So I do think one of the things that I I've like about uh, astrology is that a lot of these things are about the signs are mostly positive. Like they, they, they say things like, you know, you're measured, you're uh, thoughtful, you pay attention to detail. Like, even if these things aren't necessarily true, they're, they're complimentary and they're kind in a way that like, if you approach your relationships with people as like every single one of these people that I'm interacting with has a positive characteristic based on what I've learned from astrology and you apply that to your relationships. I think that ultimately granted it's me. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's misguided. It yields positive results. What do you think of that? Well, I've heard recently, and I'm not totally sure about this, so please take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but my understanding is recently there was some some controversy with the CoStar app because the CoStar creator or someone on the team intentionally started adding more negative things because they believed that it made more sense to have a more yin-yang approach to astrology and that good news should be counteracted with bad news from time to time. And I think we saw that in our own co-star readings that sometimes they weren't that positive. It's like, like this person doesn't hear you. Like that's not good news. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and uh, it, like that can honestly instill and pro and I think sometimes most times, unduly, this idea of dissonance in a relationship where there wasn't one necessarily before. Like, if someone tells me, like, you're going to have a tough time today, like, even if it, they're not, they're like, hey, I'm basing this off nothing, but today's going to suck for you. Like, that might still make my day awful, even if I don't believe any mechanism of divination that the person is telling me that. Like, it still might get in there and fuck with me, you know? Yeah, but I think that's a hyperbolic analysis. Yeah, because well, I'm like, you, Ian. No! No, f*** you, Shay! But anyway, yeah, like I don't think that they say, okay, this specific thing is going to suck for you today. Like a lot of these, a lot of these things that we read are like, you know, hey, pay extra special attention to things today. Like be careful today, be measured today, watch your tongue today. And like that's that's advice that uh, uh, applies regardless of of whether like the moon is actually doing something that like you know uh, affects your your inner gravity or or whatever. And like I'm 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 not being uh, kind uh, in terms of like the, the phrasing that they use, but I just finished my second beer. And uh, I'm go. I'm popping off. Okay. So, um, but but I mean, like, I, I think that like a lot of what you read is inherently like 
po- positivist. I, I, I think it, um, that's, that's a whole different term with a different connotation, but I, I do think it's positive and I do feel like it's positive. And I do feel like if you approach your, I, I don't think you have to take it as gospel, but I think it's like as, as an abstract way of looking at, um, your in, in interactions with people, I, I don't think it's it's negative. And I'm not talking about CoStar, which I, I feel like you're looking up. You're looking down right now. I don't know what you're talking like you're about, Ian. CoStar as we I speak. don't know what you're talking I, I, about. I, I'm not referring to that specific <laughs> apl- application, but at least um, from like, uh, you know, astrology as I've come to understand it in the past two weeks. Well, Ian, this may come to, as a surprise to you, but I was just <laughs> consulting my CoStar app and uh, you'll never believe what it says about us today, Ian. And it says, Ian, you should not have two beers before you record your podcast. We can't not recommend that enough. You know what's funny is like, I wonder if like, this, I feel like this might reflect us backwards. And I'm, I'm wondering if I'm just, that's its own form of confirmation bias. But uh, I just want to read this first Please sentence do. to you. Do it t- in a calm, measured voice so we can add some beautiful music behind it. Do I ever not speak in a calm, measured voice, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> Shay. You take life as it comes, and at Ari Owens 88, tries to live many lives in one. Do you think that's true? Because I don't, I feel like, I mean, I, I'll agree. You're like a very like active person. You have a lot of things going on. But I think that like, it also that describes me probably more than you, you know, like in, in some ways. Oh, so, so this is, so last night when um, I was done, um, with our interview with Stephanie, like my, like Julian and I, um, actually decided to take a look at some, some charts and, and things. And, uh, we thought we had refreshed the page and she was like, okay, you can read yours now. And I was reading, uh, she's a Libra. Hold on one sec. Julian, yeah, she's a Libra. So I was reading this thing about like Libra and you know, it was so funny. It was talking about um, the way that you approach partnerships and I, and I very much described what I felt was our dynamic. And I was like this, yeah, this, this does feel pretty similar. And then she was like, Oh no, you're still on my page. And I was like, Oh fuck. So it's like <laughs> classic confirmation bias. Jesus. But I mean, like, so do I think that it is an accurate way of looking at an, an a, do I think that it is an accurate way of measuring an individual's characteristics? No. Do I think that there are a lot of inherent truths in human behavior? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been trying to explain human behavior for 4,000 years, and they've developed a, a very beautiful, accurate vocabulary for people. Does that apply to a single person? I don't believe it does. But does it apply to, to like humanity at large? Yeah, I believe it, it can. You know, and this this brings us to a, a slightly different but related topic, and that's the idea of free will. Like we exist only in, if if we can only exist in the, in uh, so many different ways, like is that are we in charge of anything at all? And so we asked all of our experts this week the same basic question, and that's this idea: is like, is it fate? Is it free will? Is where what what role does determinism play in all of this? And they had some pretty different responses, but each one of them was really interesting in its own way. So I'll go ahead and let you hear those right now. First, Ashley, then Stephanie, then Chris. My understanding of it, um, and some people might disagree, is like that astrology can play God at times when it predetermines like the events of your life. So 
it's kind of like when you believe in God, no matter what your God is, you tend to believe that God has a plan for you. Everything that's happening in your life is because God has mapped it out this way. But when astrology is here telling you this is going to happen on the 11th of November, make this decision on the 15th of December, it's it's like people feel like it's playing God because it's dictating how your life is going to go. And then the other argument would be that like people tend to rely on astrology and look for answers within astrology and that's when it also kind of clashes because instead of saying a prayer and hoping for the best or whatever you're kind of looking into your astrological sign and figuring out what's going to happen and seeking answers basically wherever there are wherever your planets fall is like okay so this is this is what you came into this life with like your your soul picked this body and said i'm gonna be a white man at this pivotal time in society and I'm gonna come in with these characteristics and it's like instead of saying like oh boo-hoo well that's just me and that there's nothing I can do about it you can say oh you know what this is what I've been dealt and I can work with it and I can overcome these things and I can be actually whatever I want to be if the premise of astrology is true and especially the premise of natal astrology is true that the alignment of the planets at the moment that a person is born has something to say about their their future and the nature and the course of their life it does it does imply that some things are a little bit more planned out or there might be some sort of background like code or matrix or however you want to explain it that's running in the background that sets up a, a sort of meaningful sequence of events in a person's life and to whatever extent that's true, if it was true, it could imply that some of the events that take place in our lives are more meaningful and deliberate and purposeful than we would otherwise have any normal reason to think. Um, it could be indicating some sort of broader sense of meaning and purpose to our lives, and that would be essentially what fate is, and that's how ancient, um, some of the ancient philosophers like the Stoics described fate as a meaningful ordering of events in accordance with some sort of plan or some sort of rationale. So in trying to think about what the underlying significance of astrology would be if it was true, one of the ways that I've tried to formulate that is just that if astrology was true to any extent, then it could imply that um, what's happening in the cosmos and the events that happen in our world could be a little bit more meaningful rather than the alternative al alternative option, which is the typical like prevailing one at this point in time, which is just that you know events in the world are, are meaningless. We're just like um, specks of. Um, you know, organic matter that's floating around on a rock in the middle of the universe that came about as a result of nothing. And the only meaning that any of our lives has is the subjective meaning that we give to it. There's so much to talk about here. I have no earthly idea of, of where to begin. And um, <laughs> Shay, I just like just as kind of like a, a, a question um, to, to get us started, like, do you think uh, as we've thought about like free will through the framework of astrology over these past two weeks, like to what extent do you believe in free will? You know, the funniest thing about you asking me this is when I was like 
listening to these again and thinking about these questions, I was like, you know, if I don't ask Ian, he's going to ask me. <laughs> so, and I was like, you know what? That's mean. Like I give Ian so many hard questions. And then, so like Ian knows this, but when we, when we, the, you know, when the clip stopped playing, I pointed to him like, Ian, you can take this one. And then that smug motherfucker returns the favor by lobbing this impossible question at me. But you know what, Ian? Watch me right now because I'm about to okay. knock this I'm, out. Of I'm very excited for you to jump through this hoop, but hold on. Don't do it just yet. How about I light it on fire? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? There's more? The pool underneath is now filled with gasoline. Okay, Shay. Now you may attempt to answer the question. So Chris actually helped me with this one. And I think that the easiest way and the most accurate way to answer this question for, for myself and for philosophers everywhere is simply... I don't know. <laughs> and that's it. I really have no fucking idea. And like, maybe there's free will. Maybe there, uh, you know, and I, like, I don't believe in any kind of uh, spiritual determinism or like a creator or like des divine design kind of uh, idea. Yeah. But I also know that s somewhere in the mechanics of physics, there's no intentional direction directionality of time and that uh, going forwards and backwards is the exact same in the math of co the cosmos. So I, mm. so a part of that makes me think like, okay, well, if that's true, then going backwards and forwards in time should, should yield the exact same results. And so from a purely physics perspective, thinking science-based, I have no idea if free will is real. Um, I don't know if I really care because I don't think either way it would change the actions of any of my life events either way. Now, Ian, back to you. What do you think about free will? Boy, Shay, I uh, I can't think of a tougher question that you've given me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because like neither of us are philosophers. Like we're, we're both just kind of enthusiasts, right? So it's like we... we you more of... than me for sure. Like I feel like you have like a hundred philosophy books in that library of yours. <laughs> Barely. So, I mean, it, I don't know, like this was a really fun conversation to have and a really fun thing to think about because it's like basically what I hear is like everybody's saying the same thing. And this is this is just kind of like a philosophical framework through which to view like the very real biological um, con like contention with the idea of free will, where it's just like, you know, I think back in like uh, when we're considering classical philosophy, there was the idea of like the tabula rasa, right? Like you're born with a blank slate and you're completely shaped by your environment. And then like genetics sh allowed us to realize like, oh, like you are, you, when you're born, you have a tendency toward certain like dispositions. Like you might be quick to anger, you might be calm, you might be hyperactive. So it's like if we think about, all of the constraints that exist when you're born. Um, no, we, we don't have free will. We don't have free will at all. Like I think the ancients uh, view, like Aristotle viewed free will as like a rational desire designed to move toward the general goal of goodness. Like there were no impediments. Like that was, that was what free will was. And you could move toward goodness or you could move away from it. You could be a good person or you could be an evil person. And when we, um, you know, think about like uh, the, the Christian philosophers, like Leibniz and Spinoza and like Descartes, like they all wrestled with this idea of like how free will could fit into a deterministic conception of nature where like, okay, why would a perfect God give us free will to sin? And there was the idea that like, oh, he gave it so that we could, you know, essentially prove that um, we could be like faithful to him. So it was like a catch, right? Like I'll give you free will, but if you don't use it to like uh, have complete obedience to me, I'm going to send you to hell. And like, that's not really cool at all. That kind of fucking sucks. And then like later, 
there was this conception of like, okay, like free will is like the freedom to choose. And then like after that, the, the kind of consensus was like free will isn't just the freedom to choose. Free will is also the um, freedom to choose what you want to choose, like to make a decision and then be happy with it. So it's like, if I do something because I know it's good for me, but then I'm not happy that I did it, is that, does that still count as free will? So it's like, I know that studying is like going to be the better answer for me, but sitting down and studying makes me unhappy. I'd rather go to a bar, watch a football game, eat a hundred chicken wings, get sick and throw up into a bush. That's going to make me happy. I chose <laughs> to do this thing. So in a way, like you have free will, but it's free will like within a, a, a constraint. So I, I think this way of like looking at free will through astrology is is kind of i actually like it a lot i'm not gonna lie to you like it, it is to me like a very beautiful metaphor for this idea that like no one like we're, we're not born free and it's a very dark idea that we're, that we're not born free that like we're, we're born with so many constraints and yeah we have the freedom to to choose but we don't have the freedom to like decide necessarily what to choose like the choices are predetermined so uh, I, I think that like this universal or this like astrological idea of, of what it means to have free will, like you've been gifted with these traits. And like I said, I do think that looking at like the horoscopes, they are inherently positive and, and you can make the decision to like act within or without them. So it's like, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of where I am like with the astrological thing. I think it's, a, it's another attempt. I think it's a, a philosophical attempt to explain what to do with the fact that while we may have freedom to choose, um, we didn't necessarily have the, the freedom to choose what we wanted to choose, if that makes sense. You know, it's funny because you you say like, I'm hardly a philosopher. And then I don't know how many philosophers you just referenced, but, uh, you know, <laughs> including some I don't think I've ever heard of before. So, you know, I'm hoping that there's at least one person at home who feels validated somewhat by my confession of <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, like even just to touch on this briefly, um, and I, I feel like even sometimes like a choice, like either option of, of, a, of a binary choice is like sometimes like making that choice at all still like there was no real option in there. It's like, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a good example. It's like, okay, you have a, like a new job offer and uh, this job offer was um, came to you from this way. It's clearly worth more money. There is uh, benefits and there are drawbacks, but on the net, it seems like you should take it. At least you feel that way based off of a life of experience over which you've had no control. And now you make this air quotes choice for this new career. Like, do you, is there really a choice there? Like if would, are you really thinking I should definitely do the opposite of what is clearly from my perspective from that I've developed over a lifetime of experience over which I've had no control is this decision. Like, am I going to make the, the wrong air quotes decision? Of course not. Like you've been conditioned by your entire life to make choices that are consistent with your own life experience. And maybe, maybe that's not a fair response or critique or rebuttal, but you know what, Ian, this is half my podcast too. And I can say all kinds of dumb <laughs> shit. Well, I think, and I think to like, yeah, like, and, and to kind of better frame what, like I was trying to explain to it's, it's like free will is not only the ability to like act within our nature, but like the ability to create our nature. And it's, it's weird because uh, if you think about it, it's easy to look at astrology and be like, well, you're robbing me the ability to create our nature. But it like our nature is completely determined by 
like the time period that we're born in, the place that we're born in, the family that we're born in, the um, like, you know, our, our socioeconomic circumstances, like the amount of freedom that I have compared to the amount of freedom that fucking Donald Trump had as like a rich silver spoon billionaire piece of shit. It, like the distance between me and him is this probably the same between Earth mm. and Jupiter. I do love that. And I, and I love that you put yourself as the victim in that comparison as opposed to <laughs> comparing yourself to someone born in a, in a poor country with even less privileged than yourself, not to mention your uh, gender identity, skin color, and sexual orientation. <laughs> it's, like, it's like what Stephanie said, right? Like, my soul chose this lame-ass white body. Like, why this one? I don't know, but yeah, it's I'm like, here, my and I gotta soul. figure out what to do with it. Yeah, like, I, whoever my soul was who chose this life for me, fuck that soul, because that's... There's something, there's something about it, too. Like, I just can't, like, get my head around it. The idea that my soul, like, saw this body and was like... Told all the other souls, you know what? I'm going to go to Earth and I'm going to make a podcast. <laughs> yeah, not the best life choice, but, you know, and and a lot of this ties into another question that we asked everyone. And that was the idea of if, okay, and it's, it, well, let me, let me back it back, bring it back a little bit. The, if, if there is determinism, then it seems that the mechanisms of astrology are somewhat lending itself towards a divinatory property for predicting the future. And they were, our experts this week were a little bit split on it. We had, um, we had both sides of the spectrum and it's interesting where, how they both end up at the results. So we'll just go ahead and let you hear that right now. So absolutely, you can. Um, a lot of people don't believe in it, but it is a real thing. Astrology predictions, I even have this book that there's so many astrology predictions in it about the upcoming years. I think I bought it in like 2013. And sometimes I look back on what it said and so many of the things happened. It can predict things like globally, what's happening in the world. They've predicted COVID um, and then it can predict things in your life. I think that when it comes to the prediction stuff, it's just like, it has to be a reliable source. Cause if you go on the back of a magazine, if you go on half of the astrology apps, it's gonna be like bullshit. So I don't really trust some of the apps. I will say there are two specific ones that have turned non-believers into believers because of how accurate the predictions are. And it's really just based off of like the astrolog astrological data given to us by the stars, the planets, the universe. And obviously there's like birth charts and then there's Chinese New Year. There's so many different aspects to it, but yeah, it's definitely a source of prediction for a lot of people. I don't think that it predicts the future. It tells you what the ener the possible energy is. You know, it was difficult telling all of my clients in 2019 when they were coming to talk about 2020. It was hard to tell them, I don't know how this is going to transpire, but life as we know it is going to change. Don't be afraid. Um, yeah, I think you can predict the future with astrology. And that's one of the most interesting and promising things about it is that if it's true that certain moments of time have qualitative properties and especially that let's say certain planetary alignments like the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction which just took place um, it just happened in December and it only happens every 20 years they have like a 20-year cycle where they go around the zodiac and then meet up from our standpoint and these two little what look like stars suddenly line up with each other in the sky um, and then something happens and you observe what events happen in the world that are major events at that time, 
Uh, the thing is that if that premise is true, that the alignment of those two planets in December indicated or correlated with some events that happened on Earth at that time, that's not the only time that those two planets aligned, but actually if you wanted to, you could go back in history in 20-year increments and see what happened 20 years ago in the year 2000, the last time that Jupiter and Saturn lined up. And then you can take that back and look and see what happened 20 years before that in the year 1980. And you can take that back centuries and just keep watching to see, are there any events that happened that are similar, similar or the same? And if so, if you accumulate enough of those observations, really empirical observations about what happened on Earth that coincided with certain planetary alignments in the past, then what you can do eventually is you can project that out into the future and you can say, well, 20 years from now, I know astronomically, because the movements of the planets are fixed, we know where the planets are going to be in a century or two or three centuries. And you can project that out and say, I would expect this type of event to happen next time 20 years from now when that same planetary alignment occurs. So this, I think for me, required the biggest suspension of disbelief to entertain. How about you? Well, you know what? I got to say the, the promise of the power that you can get from astrology is so alluring. Like if, if I'm thinking about not only can you predict the future, but you can like read people before and like you'll know how they'll act to you, act around you is so intense. So I would I have to say I'm like a little bit more victim towards how enticing this is, you know? So like I like maybe the more imaginatory, imaginate imagine <clears throat> so anyway, I really <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I appreciate that aspect of it. And like I think I can like it, but yeah, I mean I agree that it is hard for me to believe that these people are actually doing that. You know, for me it's like I when I started this uh, experiment with thinking. <laughs> I don't know why that just sounds so weird. You know, when I started trying this whole thinking thing out, when, when I when I came into this, I my first conception of thinking of astrology was was looking at it philosophically. Um, was looking at it like through this lens of of I, I don't know, like proto. Um, psychology, which which might be insulting, and I don't mean for it to be, but it's just like you know, I'm thinking about its original conception thousands of years ago, where they're like, all right, let's think about let's think about personality as dictated by the stars, um, and um, like I have to think about this again philosophically to have a positive conception of it, and like I think it was. I'm going to fuck this up, but I'm pretty sure it was Heidegger who said like existence is being toward death. Like go like essentially always being aware of your mortality so that like it, it, you're inspired to live. And I think if we think about astrology or at least uh, this is like mundane astrology or electoral astrology, correct? You're talking about uh, predicting the future. Yeah. Yeah. Predicting the future. Yeah. That's electional. Yeah. So if, if we think about it like that, then it's, it's essentially this idea like always, it's it's supposed to be maybe not necessarily uh, taken as fact, but as like inspiring. If you if you look at it as like, oh, okay, um, this is this event is happening. It's very rare, um, and like using that to inspire yourself to make decisions or to act or to be more aware of what's going on around you. Then in that sense, I think it's positive. But in, in terms of, I I can't suspend 
my disbelief here in that like in in thinking that this is is real and, and it's nothing more than coincidence especially considering that people have fantasized about being able to predict the future and make changes to make themselves powerful or rich or f- get find that one lover or you know whatever their aspirations might be it sounds too fantastical to to really grab onto with our skeptical minds and i think of just like any form of divination seems to seek out this same end where you're trying to predict the future and there's so many different forms of them that it seems Hard to imagine that this one is accurate when the others might not be. Interestingly, it seems like a lot of people who practice astrology very uh, fervently tend to also believe in other forms of divination. But I don't know, maybe they're all are real. And that like, again, it's like this thing that, that happens for us. Like maybe we're just too closed off or lack the imagination to access this realm of power that is that is fantastical. And I, w- I will say this as well, um, you know, un- under my desk, um, is a copy of, and I'll pull this out right now, um, is a copy of the timetables of history, the new third revised edition, um, a, a horizontal linkage of people and events. And when I'm on a job that's particularly boring and there's not really that much going on, I will flip through there and just kind of see what's going on at every any given time in history. And you can point to any year and and make the argument that something is monumental and and because history is never not unfolding it is too easy to point to the sky and be like that's because this was happening because and i made this this argument in the first episode and maybe i'm being overly simplistic and i'm not being fair but for me it's like you you can't ever not point to the sky and say you know this is happening and this is happening and that's related because you know down here there's always something happening and up there there's always something happening and you can look at any point in history all over the world and make that uh statement right and it, it goes back to that word and that idea that we said before and we've said in QAnon camp as well as apophenia it's just seeing that other things are happening concurrently doesn't mean that they are causally related or even correlated in any meaningful way and i think like I, I, again like if i'm being and i don't want to say generous because that that feels also like i'm being being, um, you know, paternalistic, but like, do I think that this is necessarily a bad thing to believe or think about um, this type of astrology, like this this predictive astrology? No, if, if you're using it to kind of spur yourself to action or like we mentioned before, if, if you're using it as a means of, cre- of meaning creation uh, to like mark time and to create, you know, mark time and create time and like, Think about your own life in relation to the 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 you know gaping maw of all of history. I think it could yield psychologically positive benefits. And I mean, like we you know we read about this when we were looking into this, so like the uh, placebo effect inherent in astrology, where like people will read things in their horoscopes and then feel better about their days or or, or be more proactive. So uh, like, can I take these things as as fact? Me personally. No. Do I think that these things can yield positive, like have positive benefits for society at large compared to last week? Yeah. I think my opinion on that has shifted if I shift my thinking about it. That's really interesting. Well, I know we have a lot more to say about that in our next upcoming segment, How Brain, How Feel. Um, but I think for as far as the experts, that's that's basically all we have for today. Um, so I guess without any further ado, let's go ahead and hear that next amazing ad spot. They pay our bills and we love them because of the thrills that they give these chill daddy. Okay, play that.
This spring, what happens when four suburban fathers find themselves suddenly plopped in the middle of Antarctica? Oh, jeez, Bob. We're in the middle of Antarctica. We're going to freeze to death here. Boy, I guess you could call us a couple of, uh, chill daddies. <laughs> Bob, you're crazy. Really, we're going to freeze to death. Chill daddies. In select theaters everywhere, March 20th, 2021. Woo! I love having sponsors. It's almost like we're a real podcast. Can't be education. A real podcast. Every kiss begins with kiss. So uh, I guess uh, without any further ado, let's just jump into our favorite segment. And that, of course, is... How Brain How Feel! How Brain How Feel! How Brain How Feel! Welcome to How Brain, How Feel, our favorite end of camp recap to see if and how our minds have changed or if we've just become more convinced of our initial preconceptions. Ian, we've talked about this a little bit already. We've had a crazy two weeks. I think this is maybe one of the, the ones that we've struggled the most to open ourselves up to, which I, I personally think is really fascinating that it was this one that was maybe the hardest one so far. And you know what? Also, maybe I'm misremembering the old ones now, but, uh, you know, just uh, with the haze of astrology still in front of me. But um, I know you talked about it a little bit, Ian, um, but talk to me. How's your brain? How's it feeling? You know, this was this was an interesting one because uh, I think at the outset, my thought was that this was going to be about, you know, astrology, but very quickly... uh, did you and did you have the same problem where you were like, you know, I started kind of looking into what the planets mean and I was like, I get this. I get that there's I get that there's like an alignment of the planets. I get that there's movement. I get that each planet means something. I don't I don't believe it. So I can skip this part and I can just get into the the cultural social implications. Like did you feel that same uh pull? Yeah, I started writing down a lot of things. I started looking into like different, like more astrological concepts to try and make it so that I could tell someone, like I could read someone's charts or like get closer to that side. And as I started writing all these notes down very quickly, I was just like, I like this just feels like make believe. Like I'm, I might as well be writing down characteristics of the Gryffindor house or something like that. You know, what's so funny is like, Kind of to even think about it through the through the lens of astrology, like in terms of what it has to say about us, like I think uh, Jung mentioned that like astrology was important because it told us a lot about like the collective consciousness and how that's kind of helped society and like the world at large and humanity progress. And it's funny because like the scientific method is very much part of the collective consciousness, and it's very hard to like remove i keep making this stupid fucking jenga analogy but it's very hard to remove that fucking jenga block not not only from our own like personal uh you know uh, mode of thought but also from like you know human progress it's very hard to just pretend that didn't happen and then like believe in something that whose conception happened uh, you know thousands of years before the invention of the scientific method but I think the idea that I kind of wrestled with the most was this idea that like, how, what is the extent that I need to go to bat for what I understand is like, what's real. And this idea of like, and, and the idea that I kept coming back to was like, how important is reality? Because this whole thing kind of felt like science denialism. And I mean, if we think about science's relationship to the world, like science has, has always fought to kind of be understood and be believed. And I kind of uh, went into this thinking of astrology as like anti-science. I'm like, the, where I'm at now is like, that's not the case at all. 
Um, like uh, most of the people that I know who believe in astrology also believe in science. Like they believe th that you should wear your fucking mask. They believe that uh, climate, that global warming is real. So uh, I think that a lot of it was this like, I think uh, both sides of the uh, pro-astrology, anti-astrology debate are, are engaging with like imaginary hyperbolic arguments instead of like engaging with each other, um, which is why I'm glad that like we had this experience because it was really easy for me to like have conversations with astrologers and be like, and I don't know if they would agree with this, but it's just like my understanding of it is like, this is kind of like a religion for you. Like this is, this is meaning making. It's not that you're anti anything. It's just that like, you know, you, you also hold this belief to be true and you use this to kind of provide meaning and guidance for your life. And like, I'm fine with that. Like, who was I to even think I needed to like tell you it isn't real or you don't need to believe in this? You know, it's interesting because especially going back to that point about science denialism, I think, I mean, I, I, it's, it's interesting to hear that you're coming back from that ledge, I guess, so to speak, because yeah. I, I think if anything, I'm inched a little bit further towards it because I think Chris of our experts this week, Chris was the one who's most, whose beliefs were most aligned with uh, the sci scientific method and science in general. I mean, he's clearly incredibly well-researched in astrology. Like he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows the science behind a lot of it as well, which is really interesting. But I do think that there is some amount of cherry picking in the science that you'll choose to that you'll choose to adopt into your worldview. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but like as a Satanist, like I have to adhere to the fifth tenet of Satanism. And I, <laughs> I you know, and I love talking about this so much, but it's true, man. Like, uh, you know, like the, the fifth tenet to anyone who's not familiar, it's the that beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. And I think that what we see here in astrology is that they like science when it agrees with them and they disregard it when it doesn't. And, and I, I think that that's, that's not how science works. I mean, actually sometimes that's how science works. Like some, sometimes science gets it wrong and the scientific method uh, will fall victim to the same human errors and biases that anything will fall victim to. But the thing about science and the scientific method is that at least it has that built in mechanism to correct for errors that no other belief set seems to have in a meaningful way. And this was exactly the line of thinking behind my question of is astrology more of a religion or more of a science? Because when it, I, I feel like, and, and you know, after this is what's so fucking hard is like after talking to Stephanie, after talking to Ashley, after talking to Chris, I almost feel bad holding on to this belief, but it's like, I, I kind of walk away with the impression that like when you, when, when the necessity to lean on science is there, they will lean on it. And then when the science isn't backed up, they'll turn back to this idea of like faith. And I do want to clarify, like when I say they, I don't mean our guests because they don't give me that impression, but I'm referring to conversations I've had in the past with, with people who like when pressed on the astrology stuff, always seem to, to switch from one to the other, from like the religion or the, the the spiritual to the scientific aspect and then like slip their way out of any uh, satisfying explanation. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard for me because like, I, this is, a, this is an opinion of mine that I think is controversial and that we might delete before it may, ever makes it to air. So we'll see how, we'll see how I, how well I do in explaining this and how uh, <laughs> sensitive I am. But I, I wonder if 
mystical believing and believing in things like um, of astrology and and things like it is a failing of our institutions as a democracy. I think and the reason I ask that and the reason I think of that I know that like probably so many people are so frustrated with me saying this right now. But the idea behind it is that I think that mystical beliefs are easier to hold because they can't be falsified by anything else. Like if you hold a belief that it's mystical there and there's no falsifiable aspect to it, there's it's basically like a perpetual motion belief. Nothing can stop that belief from getting bigger and deeper and more deeply held. Um, except for maybe some other mystical thinking or like of like a basically like a cult deprogrammer or, a, you know, Ian and I have had this conversation, a reprogrammer, you know, something that brings you back. And I think that's why those belief sets are dangerous, I think, because they lead to the same type of thinking that leads to fake news and like the fact that like people will literally believe anything right now. And I, I feel like if anything right now in post truth world, we deserve to be careful about what beliefs we allow ourselves to hold more deeply. And I think now more than ever in our current situation, belief is actually really important because you can't, they're really hard to change. And if there's anything that I feel like we've learned in astrology camp is that I, it has been so hard to open ourselves up to it. And maybe that's a failing on our part. Maybe it's a failing of our imagination to, to not be able to comprehend a world that's like this or not as Ian has so elegantly put it with his Jenga metaphor, maybe pulling that one block shatters too much of our self-concept for it to exist. And with, and keeping ourselves intact. So I don't know. It's a really, it's it's been a really strange and interesting week for me. And uh, I, I mean, speaking with our experts was phenomenal. And I think all of them are, are geniuses in their own regard. Um, and but it's so interesting, like you say, and like I feel bad like disagreeing with them, you know, because they were so generous with us and so open. And and, and this is why I, I'm saying like I think that there's this problem where both sides i think are engaging with like very hyperbolic arguments like imaginary hyperbolic arguments that they, they think each side believes in based on their like you know preconceptions of the other and you know to to kind of maybe help us end on a lighter note i don't know that astrology is science denialism like i said i for me they might not agree with me but i i think it's more of a faith i think it's more of a spirituality i think it's more of a meaning making process um, everyone that we spoke to, like, you know, the thing that matters for me is like, are you, know, are your politics good? And everyone that we spoke to, I would make the argument that like, yeah, like they all kind of have the same goal in mind, which is like a, a better world. Um, so, uh, I, I think it's possible for people to hold like two contradictory beliefs at once. Like that's part of like being human. Like we do it all the time. And like, I'm doing it now with this camp. Like on the one hand, I think astrology is good. Like in the Jungian sense, I think there's something there about like the, the collective human story that's been like writ large in the stars. I think it's a way of helping people understand things, um, that yeah, might not be accurate, but it is like consciousness expanding in the sense that like it provides a vocabulary. It provides a way for you to like think about people and relationships and, and time. And I think that's important. And I think that's good. Um, and I, I, I think I like dare say, I, I think I would prefer people be astrological than religious, maybe even. Um, and uh, on the other hand, like, yeah, I think I think astrology is like constrictive and, and bad. Like Lacan called it like the big other, right? Where it's basically just like all of it's the collective symbolic order, which is like a compendium of, of all collective collective like symbols and, and memes, you know, accurate and not. It, it's like 
you you aren't as you've determined yourself to be, but like as the history of inherited like sociolinguistic arrangements, like the constellations of the symbolic order like allows you to be. So it, I, I think in that sense, it, it robs you kind of of, of self-determination. And I, I think that in, in another sense, like you look to the stars instead of like looking to, you look to the stars for clues instead of looking at history. And, and there's this fable and this, I just thought of this and this might be a great way to end the episode. There's this man who believes he can predict the future in the stars. And uh, he's walking along the road and he's trying to like determine what will happen in the future. And as he's looking up, he doesn't realize that uh, ahead of him is a large hole filled with mud and he falls in and he gets stuck and he has to cry and the town comes and pulls him out um, and they recognize him as this famous astrologer and uh, you know there's a there's a child who uh, kind of mocks him as he's pulled out and laid on the ground like here's a man who claims he can predict the future and he couldn't see a hole four feet in front of him so it's like you know yeah meaning making is important but so is common sense mm. I really love that uh, analogy. And of course, we don't mean that in any way insulting to any of our astrologers <laughs> out there. Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, when I say common sense, I'm not talking about them. Like I'm referring to people like me for whom astrology, I don't think would do any good because like I lack all common sense, which is why I, I, I think I turn to more pragmatic fields of study. Like for me, it just makes more sense. <laughs> well, you know I, what? I think what we can say is that our astrologers this week were incredible. They were incredibly generous uh, with their time and with their knowledge. They all opened up their heart to us. And in fact, I think the entire astrology community was probably one of the most friendly communities we found ourselves in, maybe besides makeup. I found that the makeup community was also incredibly opening, uh, um, open to us. So I think that's something that we, we really lucked out on. Um, so our experts this week all have amazing platforms and products. I know most of them were um, we're authors, some have uh, podcasts, everything like that. So please go ahead and check out the Astrology Podcast with Chris Brennan. And for Ashley and Stephanie, we can go ahead and let you hear right now where you can find them uh, in their own words. You can connect with me on Instagram uh, at Stephanie Capone or at Moonvoid Tarot. I have two accounts. I have one for my tarot deck. If you have never read tarot before and you want to learn, I did also write a book this year that is called Guided Tarot and it's available um, on Amazon, which is awful, or you can get it locally in Brooklyn at Jill Lindsay um, or Barnes and Noble, um, Target, all the places that you can buy books. Um, but it's really not just learning the card meanings and memorizing the definitions. Um, it's about developing your intuition. Okay, so I have a YouTube channel for astrology, which is The Amateur Guru. That's my handle on everything else to do with astrology. I also have a book that released in August. It's called Mindfulness Through the Stars. If you're looking for it, my name is Ashley Flores. You can find it at Target, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Indigo. Anywhere you can buy books, you can buy my book, which is really cool. And it's all about knowing and understanding yourself through your sign and improving yourself. So it's a self-help astrology book based off of the idea of self-awareness. Um, and then I also have a podcast. That's why I have this microphone. I have a podcast. It's called Let's Get Real, the podcast, and it's on Spotify, at all the streaming platforms. And um, yeah. Oh, and I have a website, <laughs> zodiachaven.com, which is my astrology related merch. All right, you guys, there you have it. So uh, from the bottom of my and Shay's hearts, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your patience. Thank you again to our fucking amazing guests. You know, they're amazing because I swore before I said guests. Um, or No, wait, I swore before I said amazing. Anyway, you get it. 
Um, now, uh, beyond our amazing guests, I am so fucking pumped to introduce one of my personal favorite artists uh, who like was kind enough to let us use their song this week. I'm not gonna spoil it for you or butter you up anymore. You should, uh, like, as soon as you're done hearing it, run to your fucking Spotify, put it on your playlist, play it on repeat a thousand times because this guy deserves all the support in the world. Without further ado, here is On Planets with Don't Think So Hard. I hope you had it all just another splinter and hold the whole distraction half heart you're reaching up i guess it gets familiar always talking about enough coming up empty-ended for all your start and stopping and seem far apart Bright idea for sunset I stayed out in the dark But you waited up for nothing Don't take that shit to heart Don't think so hard Don't think so hard Don't think so hard Don't think so hard And the ends get far apart But you can't take those things to heart Don't think so hard Blink and blur the edges At the brink of breaking even Take a guess can't help but hold your breath To cure yourself with consonants It could have been worse but it didn't make sense For all you start and stopping And seem far apart You took a bright idea for sunset And stayed out in the dark But you waited up for nothing Don't take that shit to heart don't think so hard Don't think so hard Don't think so hard Don't think so hard And the ends get far apart But you can't take those things to heart Thank you so much to our guests, Chris Brennan, Ashley Flores, and Stephanie Capone. To hear this week's interviews in their entirety, become a monthly supporter and join our Patreon, where you'll get access to those and tons of other fun goodies. Here at Camp, we love supporting music and the people who make it. If you want your music featured on Camp Reeducation, then please go to our website to learn more. We hope you enjoyed this camp as much as we did. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else, and stay tuned for our next camp, where we become the wolves of Wall Street and become rich beyond our wildest imaginations. Kakarot! Next time on Cambria Education! <laughs>
Yeah, dude, I'm really excited. I put all of my money into Blamazon. That's amazing, Ian. I heard the annualized rate of return and the amount of appreciation you can get from an asset class like that will definitely lead to an above average maturity for a balanced fund like yours, especially in this bear market. Oh, I just got a text that says Blamazon isn't real? Oh, no! <laughs>